Welcome to the Stack of Stats podcast. Pam Maldonado here, joined by my college football partner in crime, Harry Gagnon of the Against All Odds podcast with Cousin Zell. And we are here to bring you our seven against the spread contest picks for college football for week 10 of the college football season. Harry, I'm so happy to have you back. How are you feeling about how our process? How do you think it's going? We're doing good. We're, we're chugging along. We're coming out on the plus seems like every single week. But boy, I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, Pam, last week. We were looking good, and I you were pumped. I was pumped going into the uh, I know our two picks for the NFL, looking to go uh, six and one. Got really up fourteen nothing with the Colts and the Vikings, winning most of the game. Tough losses happens in football, happens in football betting. So we'll just move on, and hopefully we can still continue to be over five hundred. Almost seems like almost every week. We have had back-to-back four and three weeks. We started out four and zero oh last week. I did have a tweet, mm-hmm. and that's what I—that's what happened. I jinxed it. I was like, "We're headed. We're four and zero oh, headed into Saturday night," and then it mm-hmm. went all downhill from there. So, but we are thirty-one and twenty-five on the season. So let's get it. Let's get it for this week. Just as a reminder of what we're doing, um, Harry shares with me his top three picks. I share with him my top three picks, and then together we discuss our seventh. So let's take a look at your best bets, your three best bets, and your. First one that you like up on the board. I feel like you have them more often than not. I can't say that I agree with this, but I can say that I disagree with this because Cincinnati minus 22 and a half at home to Tulsa. I get it. Tulsa, they stink. Tell me why you like them though. (laughs) Tell me why you like Uh, this big spread. uh, Well, I like Cincinnati laying laying the lumber here because the last two games on the road, they haven't really put up the big numbers. They haven't covered in those games, but I do love Desmond Ryder, the quarterback. Uh, 21 total touchdowns this season. And Cincinnati, a couple weeks ago, ranked number two. And then when the polls came out this week, got pushed down to six. Maybe that's because of what they've done the last two weeks. Maybe because they're in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, mm-hmm. And now they got to find their way into the top four. So beating up on Tulsa will help a little bit. They're going to need some help down the road. Down the, down the road. But I think at home, they get right here. They put up a big number. Maybe like a double nickels, maybe 55 against Tulsa. Um, and cover the spread and get back into the conversation of the top four teams for the college football championship. Here's my concern. Tulsa is supposed to stink, right? They kind of don't. So at Oklahoma, they lost by five points. At Ohio State, they only lost by 21. The total for this is 22 and a half. They beat a great, a great Memphis offense. They did mm-hmm. the only blowout that they have had was 45 to 10 at home to Houston. But other than that, their losses have been pretty within the 22 and a half. Right. Spreads. And Cincinnati doesn't to me have that explosive offense. If Ohio state couldn't cover 22 and a half, you think Cincinnati can well, I, I just think that it, it, the situation for Cincinnati is right, and it's a bad spot for the Golden Hurricane here. I just okay. think it's it's a perfect spot for Luke Fickle and his team to, to just put a pounding on Tulsa. And like I said, after what they did the two, past two weeks. And Ohio State, look, I mean, Ohio State lost uh, at home to Oregon, who I don't think is that good. So stuff happens okay. from week to week. But I just think mm-hmm. in this spot, it's a bad spot for Tulsa after what Cincinnati's done the last two weeks. I think they put up a big number, like I said. All right. I will trust you on this. Um, Penn State minus 10 and a half at Maryland is the second pick for you. I don't disagree with this at all. Maryland, one dimensional passing offense. Penn State top 10 against the pass. Maryland's defense bottom 30 against the pass. And that's all Penn State does. So why else do you like them? 
Yeah, I mean, plus, you know, hey, look, Maryland got a, hey, congratulations. They got a win last week. So they got their win. <laughs> Penn State lost Ohio State, but they did cover, and they covered fairly easy. Um, and that was a nice bounce back for Penn State. Now, they did lose the game, but it was a nice bounce back from that crazy nine-overtime Illinois game where it mm-hmm. seemed like Sean Clifford really couldn't get anything going at all. Um, he did last week against Ohio State. He went for 361 yards. I think they're going to be able to uh, spread out this game get a nice lead early, cruise on. And like you said, Maryland's defense, it's awful. Last four weeks, last four weeks, they've given up still 46 points a game. Average wow. 186 points over those four games, 46 <laughs> points a game. <laughs> Penn State's offense looked pretty good against Ohio State last week. Like I said, from uh, the week before, I think they put up a big number on the Terrapins here. All right. Another road favorite. You have Ohio State minus 14 and a half at Nebraska. This one is a little bit worrisome to me just because Nebraska is that team that when they're on, they're on. And when Mm -hmm. they're off, it's complete blowout. So it's just a matter of which version are you going to get of the Cornhuskers? And so which one? Well, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm just thinking also, though, like I just said, Ohio State uh, needs to continue to win and win impressively to impress the committee now. Uh, they did beat Penn State last week, but I said that, like I said, they won by nine, didn't cover the spread of like 18. Um, so you're but, thinking your trend for these three games are style points. Yeah, but also, you know, be honest here, since Scott Frost has been at Nebraska, I think we've, we've talked about this, Pam, before. Mm-hmm. He's got no signature wins. It has been right. a nightmare for him so far in Nebraska. Absolutely. And, and the Buckeyes hung uh, 52 on Nebraska last year, the year before that. 48 um and adrian martinez he he's digressed the quarterback from nebraska he had a great freshman season in his sophomore season he was pimp he was before the season started for heisman he was 10 to 1 for heisman adrian martinez (laughs) now he's if he's top 80 quarterbacks in the ncaa he he would take that now so i think ohio state continues to pound nebraska as they usually do I like laying the points here. Ohio State still has to impress the committee. And the thing about Nebraska, the problem that's been that problem all season long is that Adrian Martinez is still here. We are entering week 10 and the quarterback, Adrian Martinez, is still the team's leading rusher. You cannot be a one man Mm -hmm. show. You can't pass yourself. (laughs) So how do you beat? How do you even stay within 14 touch within two touch score, uh, two scores of Ohio State? when all you have is a team, an offensive one. So I definitely don't disagree with this at all. Um, yeah. I I like it. I'm going to move over to my three and mm-hmm. I like some underdogs. Do you like some favorites? I like an underdog. I'm okay. looking at Mississippi state plus five at Arkansas. Now you can tell me whether you agree with this or not, but here's my reasoning. I think this is the wrong team favorite. For the Bulldogs, they are the fourth best in passing offense, led by quarterback Will Rogers. He has nearly 3,000 yards on the season, 19 total touchdowns. The one bad thing about Mississippi State is that they have terrible, terrible quarterback protection. However, the Razorbacks are bottom 20 in team sacks. The leading pass rusher, Trey Williams, has just four total sacks on the season. Doesn't even break the top 100 of players on the other side of the ball, you have the Razorbacks, who are also a one-dimensional offense with a run game. All they do is run fourth best in rushing offense with four running backs who have 300 rushing yards or more, led by Traylon Smith. The problem with that is that Mike Leach's team is a top five team in defending the run. Fourth in opponent rushing yards allowed, top 20 in opponent yards per carry. 
My rationale is that I will gladly take the team that can pass the ball, get downfield. Razorbacks are not a team that's solid in takeaways. They're bottom 10 in takeaways. So I'm not really worried about interceptions here. I like a team that can pass the ball instead of run the ball because I also like the under. So if I like the under in this game and you're giving me over a field goal in what could be a field goal game, I'll take the underdog. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I can't argue, Pam, because uh, since we've done the contest here, you've taken Mississippi State twice and you've won with them twice in the contest. So you're 2-0 and with Mississippi State. Um, now, I will say this, that uh, the Arkansas's leading tack, I don't love, I don't have any side on this game. I really don't have a feel, but Arkansas's leading tacker, tackler, Bumper Pool, is a buddy of ours on ExtraPoints.com. So rooting for Bump, uh, Bumper to have a great game, as always. Uh, he was on uh, this past week with Cousin Sal uh, on um, on the on the uh, podcast network. But still, overall here, Arkansas still losers of three straight conference games. Gave up 37 to Georgia and got shut out. Uh, mm-hmm. Gave up 52 to Mississippi and then 38 in their last game. So that, that's, that's very concerning that uh, Arkansas's defense is starting to slip here as the season comes to an end. Uh, it's a nice chunk of points here. We're getting a solid number over four and a half where, you know, you get a field going over, even if it goes, you know, if it's close, st- we're still getting more than four points, which I think is huge. It's nice here getting five and a half. I can't argue with you. I like Mississippi State too with you. The other game that I like is I never take big favorites and here I am taking a big ass favorite Alabama minus 28 and a half at home to LSU. This one is pretty simple for me. I'm not, there's not even like a lot to say about it. LSU, they're 44th in points per play, bottom 30 in red zone attempts, 79th in red zone scores, barely cracks the top 50 in touchdown scored. Alabama is second in the country for touchdowns. They definitely by far score way more touchdowns than they are field goals. I don't know how this offense is going to contend. They have struggled all season long in the red zone. You've seen it. They struggled against Auburn. This is a team that is not there offensively. We're talking about how one of your picks was for Ohio state and Nebraska. How does Nebraska keep up? Well, now you're taking Alabama at home against a team that can't put a points. I see yeah. complete shutout. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, look, not to mention, uh, I don't know how hard the players and the coaching staff are really playing for LSU now with coach O leaving at the end of the season. A lot of teams do this too, you know, where that's the, the season's over coaches leaving. They don't want to get hurt. These players, they don't want to maybe give 110% like they normally would. And it's Alabama here, Alabama beat LSU by 38 last year. Alabama is still rolling pretty much everybody. It's that one slip up with uh, against AM. Bryce Young has looked fantastic. 26 touchdowns, just three interceptions. And what's very impressive by him is completing 70% of his passes. Mm. Alabama puts up big numbers every week. LSU's defense, like I said, I don't know how much they really care anymore. I like Alabama as well. And I know that people are talking about like, oh, look at headlines and trap spots or whatever. They Alabama has New Mexico State next week. So there is no look ahead. <laughs> this is just a game. You're talking about style points. You're still trying to get in contention here. They're in second for the rankings. I get that. They're still trying to find their offense. They By the end of the season, before they meet Auburn in four games in three weeks, they want to have this offense intact. And this is definitely a great team to get that, get that going with, get the ball rolling. Right. 
So I like Alabama minus 28 at half at minus 28 and a half at home. The other game that I like is Minnesota minus 15 at home. Here I am somebody who doesn't take favorites and now I'm taking two favorites. <laughs> I know it's okay. like completely, it is completely out of my realm of what I do, but when you like it, you like it. And Illinois talking about scoring opportunities. That's kind of the theme for mine is where the point's going to come from Minnesota at home. Illinois is a run only team. And they're not very great at it. They're 51st in rushing yards per game. If you're going to be a one-dimensional offense, then you better be the best at what that skill set is. And that is not Illinois. The Golden Gophers are seventh in rushing yards allowed. Minnesota is 14th in rushing yards for their offense. Illinois is 68th against the run. Ole Miss, uh, they had, let's see, the Aggies. Oh, I deleted my stuff. That's what happened. But yeah, I'm looking at a team that is one-dimensional offense. Can't won't be able to get the ball downfield. Minnesota's defense secretly six and two. Is anybody paying attention to Minnesota? This defense is stout all of a sudden. Like after losing to Bowling Green a few weeks ago, Minnesota seems to be have they have found a rhythm with this team to both defensively and offensively. And nobody's paying attention to them because it's Minnesota. And why would you? PJ Flack, he just got his contract extension. So this team is right. just in a good spot right now. Uh, you know, Pam, I was going to mention the extension for for Fleck, but I mean, overall here, Minnesota, very impressive after losing Ibrahim, the start Mohammed Ibrahim, start of the season in that yeah. Ohio State game. Um, he had a monster year last year, and I thought that might be it. That would really be crushing for Minnesota this season. But like you said, uh, six and two, um, even after him, after losing him, uh, four wins in a row, they've uh, 20 rushing touchdowns. Very impressive, Minnesota, with what they've done. And Illinois is a weird team. They're a weird team. They're one of my weirdest teams to figure out because they held Purdue to 13 points. Uh, then, then they get shut out at home by Wisconsin, beat Penn State, like I mentioned earlier, uh, in the nine-overtime game in Happy Valley, then last week lose at home to Rutgers. It just doesn't make any sense here. So, uh, you know, Minnesota, again, the team that they're coming on strong, a lot of offense here, being able to run the ball. Um, and you said the defense as, as well. And Illinois is not putting up big numbers. Uh, Gophers might be the play here. Let's hope. Yeah, this is just a huge mismatch. Minnesota is top 55 in points per play, red zone scores, touchdown scored, and Illinois is bottom 15 in all scoring categories. Minnesota is top 20 in red zone scoring attempts, scores, and touchdowns allowed. How does Illinois score is the thing. Minnesota offense is going to wear this defense down. So those are six plays that we do have. What are you thinking about a seventh? Is there any pick that you like love that we need, should talk about? Um, I've got a few options. Do you want to look to the NFL? What are you um, thinking? You know, I'm, I'm th- let's see what you have here, but I'm just curious your thought. Just curious about your thought because um, I do a show, uh, Couch in the Rube in Detroit, and um, every week, and they're big into uh, Michigan State back in the, back in the Spartans, and they're a three-point favorite at Purdue on Saturday. And I don't know about this line. And normally I would say Michigan State, this is a perfect setup after beating Michigan. Michigan State to have a letdown the week after, especially at Purdue, who's no slouch. Purdue is, is decent, a decent team this season. But I think it's too late in the season. There's too much on the line for Michigan State. I know they're ranked number three right now. Kenny Walker, second in the late nation in rushing, uh, had a Big coming out party last week against the Wolverines. What do you think here? I'm, I'm still leaning a little bit here towards Michigan State to get it done against Purdue, and I'd lay the three. Uh, but again, perfect let, letdown situation. But I just don't think this is the case for the Spartans this year. What do you think about that one? 
I like Purdue in this game. So you're talking yeah. about Michigan State. Uh, if you're talking about, I like to look at teams that are pretty much one dimensional, and they're they're not entirely one dimensional. Michigan State is 64th in the passing game. They're 35th. Obviously, the best part of the game is in that run game. Purdue's best defense. Uh, Purdue is top 50 against the run. The big difference here is that Purdue is a one-dimensional offense. They pass only. They don't run the ball ever. And Michigan State is bottom five in protecting the pass. Am I wrong in that stat? Did I am I seeing that incorrectly? Passing defense. Let me look this up real quick. I haven't really studied this game, so I'm gonna do a quick. I was wondering what you thought because I think it's a, it, it that's. That's that's the game of the week to me. I mean, I, I don't, you know, not betting wise. It's the game that matters the most. Oh, this is true. I thought I'm looking at this stat and I'm like, is this wrong? No, it's it is correct. Michigan State is the second worst passing defense in the country, ahead of only Duke. The the second worst and what? Passing defense in the country. Wow. And Purdue is top fifteen in the pass. Wow. So I like. I really don't care if you do have a Heisman contender as your running back. You're going to get up against, you have literally the second worst off. A Duke, you're ahead of only Duke. You're allowing 324 passing yards per game. I think Purdue can definitely get theirs here in this spot. Um, okay. If it does come down to a field goal, I like I like I, Purdue. I was just leaning a little towards Michigan State, but uh, I don't really love it. I just want to see a good game there. Uh, what else you got? Um, I like Wisconsin at Rutgers. I was thinking North Carolina at home to Wake Forest. I'm I also kinda, I kind of like that because I kind of like that North Carolina just because I know Wake's undefeated, and um, boy, can you imagine Wake? Uh, that that Kenny Walker of Michigan State. He was a transfer. He used to be at Wake Forest. Um, oh, that's interesting. A, and but I but I kind of uh. Boy, you know, that North Carolina defense can be brutal at times this year. And mm-hmm. Sam Howell definitely has not had the season that he's had the past two years. Um, right. But I think this is type of a game. This is the type of game. Well, like I said, with the Demon Deacons undefeated, this is the type of game where more than a bowl game, this might be North Carolina's season to end Wake yeah. Forest's uh, unbeaten streak this season. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, the defense is bad. And Wake Forest can put up the points. They're actually not a, that but terrible. It's a low number, Pam. It's a uh, low it's, number. It depends what it is. So, yes, uh, North Carolina has a bad defense against the run. Wake Forest doesn't run. They're bottom five in rushing yards. They are clearly the top five in passing. Definitely one of the best offenses, passing offenses in the league. Uh, North Carolina's best defense is actually against the pass. Uh, mm. you, you have Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman. He is 10th in passing yards, 22 touchdowns on the season, only three interceptions. Five of those touchdowns, though, came against Army. And the Tar Heels, top 50 in passing yards allowed. North Carolina is top 30 in rushing yards for their offense, top 30 in rushing yards and yards per carry, led by running back Ty Chandler, who leads the team in rushing with quarterback Sam Howell uh, right behind. He's the second-best running back on the team. My my thinking on this one is they're not going to want – you have a one-dimensional offense in Wake Forest, and you have a dynamic team in North Carolina – who should be smart enough to know, let's keep the ball out of Sam Hartman's hands. So you're a top running team in addition to being able to pass. Keep keep it on the ground. Keep the offense on the ground. Run the clock. Keep the ball out of the hands. I like the under in this game, and that's what kind of leads me. It's The total is 75 and a half because it's Wake mm-hmm. Forest, and they can put up a bajillion points. But my thinking is, of, is that, yeah, like North Carolina is going to keep to the ground. 
they're going to, between him, between Sam Howell and running back Ty Chandler, they would combine for 15 to 17 total rushing scores. And Wake Forest has struggled against mobile quarterbacks this season. Against Syracuse, they only won by three, but that was at home. Against Louisville, they also just won by three, but that was also at home. So now you're traveling on the road to a team that can both pass and run. Wake Forest is bottom 30 in rushing yards allowed. So this is how Wake, this is how North Carolina gets the win. You keep the ball out of Hartman's hands. You run the clock. You keep it to the ground game. And Howell at home is a different type of beast. 15 touchdowns, just three interceptions compared to when Howell travels on the road, four touchdowns, four interceptions. So I think they're, and then isn't there that thing where, oh, but they're an undefeated team. Why are they getting an underdog? I don't know. I don't like at trends, but <laughs> Still undefeated, but that, that's, a, that's a game that we can possibly think about. But didn't you like Auburn as well? I do. I do also like Auburn. Bonix and company, I think they have definitely impressed me this season. I'm definitely one to say fade Bonix. I don't like him. Terrible quarterback. Not going to happen. Except they beat LSU at Tiger Stadium. He has 300. They had th- more than 300 yards of offense to Georgia. Auburn is only one of two teams who have done that this season, and they held Matt Corral's and Ole Miss offense to zero passing touchdowns and 20 total points. And the Aggies, they are still a one-dimensional offense, 88th in passing and 40th in rushing. Auburn at Arkansas, they allowed 4.3 yards per carry, won the game 38-23. to A&M defeated Arkansas 20-10. to So if this comes down to quarterback play, I don't, I don't believe that Zach Calzada for A&M he had just one fluke of a game against Alabama. That was the most passing yards, the best passing completion percentage, and three passing touchdowns. The only time he's done that the season against Alabama, and he's done nothing else. <laughs> well, you know, because I, I know you had mentioned it before, and I kind of leaning towards Auburn myself. I mean, they have won four or five, and their defense has been pretty good lately. They held, like you mentioned, that uh, Ole Miss game. They've held Arkansas last three conference games. Arkansas, LSU, and Ole Miss to 23 points or less in those mm-hmm. games. And you mentioned Bo Nix. Uh, finally, lately, in the last two games, he's been throwing the ball more, getting more yards, more completions. His his last two games are the highest yard total that he's had this season. He had 292 two games ago, 276 in his last game, airing it out a little bit more, which I like to see. I wish he would have been doing it earlier in the season as well, Mm -hmm. but he's been doing it now. And I'm kind of leaning towards Auburn here too. I kind of, I'm leaning that. I mean, I do like the North Carolina, but I just can't overly trust them because of that Wake Forest offense. I'm kind of leaning towards your Auburn here more than North Carolina. Okay. Then we can go ahead and do that. The line is plus four and a half. Mm -hmm. At a and I know a is a ratty, ratty place to go play football. I have been there many a times, but I think I can't believe I'm putting my faith in, in Bo Nix. <laughs> my, my buddy, by the way, uh, our old uh, producer, Jim Cunningham on um, Against All Odds, now works for Fox. Uh, he goes around the country to the, one of the best games of the, of the week, and he does a bunch of stuff for Fox. And he was on the field, and he sent me his videotape of uh, – of when uh, AM kicked the field goal to beat Alabama. He was on the field. It was crazy. Oh was, my God. I mean, it was chaos. It was great video, great video, great stuff. That, was awesome. that situation was just like, it was written in the stars. It was meant to happen. Right. It was almost like it was just, it was predetermined that Alabama was going to, as soon as I saw, and then afterward, I didn't say this until after the game, but when they uh, panned over to Johnny Manziel, I was like, I should, if I had known that Manziel was going to be there, 
I would have bet Alabama. I would have bet on AM. It was written in the stars right from the yeah. get go. So a fluke of a game. I don't think that he can replicate. Um, Calzada can replicate that. He hasn't. That was the one game. Right. That was his one and only great game of the season. Yes, Alabama does have a uh, AM does have a good defense. Putting my trust in Bonix. Let's go. Okay. So then those are our seven against the spread picks. We are taking Cincinnati at home, minus 22 and a half to Tulsa. Penn State, minus 10 and a half at Maryland. Ohio State, minus 14 and a half at Nebraska. Mississippi State, plus five at Arkansas. And Alabama, minus 28 and a half at home to LSU. And then Auburn, plus four and a half at A&M. Those are our seven against the spread picks for college football. Do make sure to check out all of Harry's work over at bestbetcorner.com and extrapoints.com and on the Against All Odds podcast with Cousin Sal. You can follow him on Twitter at AAOHarry. You can follow me on Twitter at PamelaM35. Harry, my man, thank you again for joining me this week. I cannot wait to text you and say we're going 7-0 and at the worst 6-1. Can't Love wait to it, do it again it. next week. That is it for another episode of College Football Podcast on Tackle Sense.